We're back here. Uh, this is another one of our shorts, Jeremy and Al here. And uh, this topic here is about, you know, anybody inspirational, um, any books. We've got a couple topics that we want to talk about with books, inspirational and business, philosophy, and anything in between. So I'll kind of start over at you. Is there anyone in particular that a book that you recommend to that you've read or to our listeners, uh, any one person who's maybe has their own podcast or has been, you know, from a long time ago that's inspirational, that might have some business savvy, something to offer to the world that maybe our viewers don't? Yeah, there's, there's you know. a, I won't say there's one person that I know that's inspirational, you know, other than, you know, there's some people that I've met that are in business. Uh, for instance, the, the gym that I go to, the coach there, one of the coaches there is inspirational. I learned a lot, just a lot of analogies from her and how she operates her business and how she handles people. A ton of analogies I can get into on another podcast. Books, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, one of the first books, I think my wife bought me a book called Blink, uh, The the Art of Seeing Without Seeing or, or something. It, it was very bizarre. I had never heard of anything like that before. It was about using your guts when you see something. Something's not right, but you don't know what. There's a part of your brain that has something figured out before you actually figure it out. Uh, a couple of analogies in that book that were fascinating. It started out with an analogy of this artwork that was uncovered that looked like it was 5,000 years old, like a like a Peter Angelo sculpture. And they, they said, this is amazing. They took it to an art critic. The guy was trying to sell it to a museum. And the art critic looked at it, and he goes, it's fake. And they're like, why? And so they tested it, and the, the dirt on it, and it was like thousands of years old. He's like, first thing that came to mind was fake. I don't know why. I can't tell you why. The tests were all that it's real. He said, but I can't tell you why, but it's fake. And uh turned out later as you read the book, it was fake. It was a really good fake, and they, they treated it to make it look uh, a certain way. But someone with, who has a ton of experience gathers knowledge in your brain that you don't realize you're gathering. And it's it's because you're looking at one thing, but there's other things that your brain is picking up on the shape, everything, the sound. There's so much more information coming in, but your brain is only focused on one thing at a time. You're, you're consciously, but unconsciously, your brain is focused on everything. It painted this entire picture. So you've got this thing in your head that says, something ain't right. But it's not the voice isn't getting to the conscious part of your, you know, just saying it, something's not right. There was a guy, another example of a guy who was a, a tennis pro, elderly guy, probably 72 years old. He used to call tennis. And they would they would go to, he would go to serve the ball. And as the guy was serving, before he hit the ball, he said, that was a foul? Was that what they call it when it hits the net or yeah. something like that? He said, that's going to be a foul. And he hit it, and it was a foul. He said he called it every time, but he didn't know why. He didn't know how he knew that was a foul. They watched videotape. He watched videotape because I can't tell you how I know that. I just knew it was a foul. He says, there's no one thing that tells me it's a foul. Because he's looking at where the ball is. He's looking where the, where the, where the, 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 the racket is. He's looking at everything, just one thing at a time. But his brain was seeing the entire picture, including the situation and, and where he was in time and and, and where things played out during the game, what time in the game it was, all those things his brain figured out and saw a foul and just said foul and said it was about to foul, just just because his brain knew it. And I was actually, uh, I actually knew Tun Chilkin for a while when we did a, I worked for the Steelers, I did a weekly show with him. And I was listening to him on the radio once, and just as they were about to kick off, he goes, oh, no, the ball wasn't even kicked off yet. And it was, I think it was the Cleveland Browns or Cincinnati. I can't think of it was one of our rivals. The ball was kicked off and ran back for a touchdown. Or we were kicking it off, and it was run back for a touchdown. It, the, the, the guy, the, the foot didn't hit the ball, 
And Tunch said, oh, no. Like, what did he see to know that that was going to be run back for a touchdown? He goes, I don't know what I saw, but I think what he was seeing but didn't realize he was seeing it was where the players were on the field. Yeah. And the dynamics of each player individually, you couldn't look at one player and say he was at a place. But collectively, there was a scene in his mind, a photograph that said, this is a bad situation. I've seen this a thousand times. This is bad. But there's no one thing that was bad. Collectively, it was bad. So when I read that book, it just blew my mind. Uh, one of the books I've read, then I went into David and Goliath, uh, which the tipping point was another one. All those books I thought were just groundbreaking in my mind. I love those kind of books. I'm not much of a fiction person. I want to be able to read a book and have it like blow my mind, like totally switch the way I think. Uh, a book recently uh, that I listened to, I, I listened to a lot of books because I drive a lot. And, and one of the books was uh, Chris Voss. Peter Chris Voss? Yeah. Is he uh, the... Um, never split the difference. Negotiate like... Yeah, he's the CIA or FBI yeah, director. Yeah, yep. He's got a master class. Yes. That book, when I first... I heard about it from a friend who sent me a quote from LinkedIn. I read it, and at the very end of this article was a quote from Chris Voss. Just a line he said. I'm like, well, that's an interesting quote. So I looked up Chris Voss, and I found the book, and I read about the book, and I'm like, this book sounds fascinating. I bought it, and I read it, and when I read it, I'm like, I don't want anyone to know about this book. Because there are things that he talks about in there that just blew my mind about negotiating. And I didn't want anyone else to know that. It was weird because I'm thinking this is this stuff should be top secret. I mean, the mirroring was a great one. And I'll use it all the time. If someone has an objection to something and they say, this costs too much, and you're, a technique is called mirroring, like you go, cost too much. You just repeat what they said, a part of what they said. It makes them elaborate. Or another one that he used that just sticks in my head. There's a bunch of them you can use. I have a whole paragraph of them. One was when he's negotiating with a bank, like a hijacker or a bank robber. He's in there, and the guy wants, I want $10 million. I want a helicopter, and I want to, I want to drive. I want a van that takes me to that helicopter. And Chris Foss would be like in his midnight DJ voice or overnight DJ voice would say, how am I supposed to do that? And the genius behind that is I'm making you solve my problem now. Right. I mean, you it's know? a psychological, it but turns also it, has, it also has sales tactics. It is. It's, it's, it's basically salespeople sales. read that book yeah. and like, wow, that's like, the, the information is unbelievable. Another book that blew my mind, I think everyone should read, but nobody should read because it can get misused, is The 48 Laws of Power. That's a long book. It's probably eight, nine hours. I was driving, I think I drove to Richmond, Virginia, and then from there I drove to Delaware, and then from there I drove to Pittsburgh, and I got almost the whole book in the entire time. The stories were just blowing my mind, and it, it can be used in a bad way, but it can, it can also be used to recognize if it's something's happening to you and recognize that in bad leaders. Mm-hmm. But that book blew me away, and there's a book I read, I'm in the middle of now, called Sapiens, which is another one that just blows my mind. Sapiens is just about where humans came from and why they think the way they do, and the problem of having risen to an apex predator so fast is why we're having so much trouble right now the way we handle each other in world problems yeah. that that rise like a lion didn't rise to an apex predator overnight as fast as we did because the, the environment had time to catch up. But with us, we became smart so fast that we don't know how to handle it. And the earth hasn't adjusted to how smart we are. Yeah. And that it, is, it's bizarre. But that, those three books and, and sales, I will go with Keenan gap selling. Okay. Everyone should do gap selling. Another yeah. great sell to the gap. Where are they? Where they want to be? The bigger the gap, the bigger the sale, the more they need help. 
Those are my books. That's interesting. Um, anybody outside of books you might have seen face to face events? Anybody you've met in person or maybe seen that might have? I saw John Maxwell okay. speak once. Uh, John Sinek. Uh, yeah, he's good. I like I like Josh Braun or guys yeah. I follow online. Uh, those guys, the way they think, they're they think outside the box. They think completely different. And they've changed the way I think, you know, uh, just, be, just from listening to those guys. I've read hundreds of books, really, probably 15, 20 a year. Uh, I've forgotten more than I, re- I remember. Uh, there was another book called Alter Ego, which, again, blew my yeah, mind. About, have you read that one? Yeah. About sports bit. psychology. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a book which you got to read. If you're in sports, level. just understand the power you have just by thinking about an alter ego. Just the power that can put on you, and what famous people have done that. As silly as it sounds, what they've done to go out on that field and be professional athletes just by re- having read that book and do the things that they do. So it's you know, and I'll get into a couple of books. I'm not the biggest book reader. I've forced myself recently to start doing it, and I actually have a couple of them here, but because uh, I want to get into the sports psychology thing. But uh, Napoleon Hill's Think or Grow Rich, no. I'm going to tell you right now, is probably, and it's been around for a really long time. This is a different version here. Uh, Joel Fautinos, uh and August Gold, I'm not familiar who they are, but I like this one because it puts it down in perspective in a, in a very brief, because I'm not, it's, I scam, and I'm fine, I'm getting better at reading, like, step by step, but uh, this puts it where this will change your mindset, and it holds you accountable daily throughout an entire year, 365 days. But what it's doing is it's reprogramming your mind on not just accumulating wealth or what you feel about wealth, but your belief system from within and becoming that and knowing that it's already here. Because that is a truth within uh, belief systems, uh, within, you know, the the universe. Um, You ask most successful people, they'll tell you about, I mean, Oprah Winfrey spoke about this. Um, I mean, I remember like Jim Carrey, the con- comedian, before he made it big, he um, he had uh, written a check for yeah, I forget how much and kept that. it with him. Like and 10 million his, bucks he put in his yeah, wallet. And, he's like, and, and a lot of Denzel Washington talks about this. Steve Harvey constantly talks about envisioning um, and putting yourself in that position um, and knowing that you were going to win. I mean, I think Conor McGregor had talked about it when he first won his first big title. Um so yeah, and it's it's but that all plays along with the alter ego thing as well, right? Exactly. Uh, we had mentioned earlier in another segment, uh, David Goggins, who he he's created an alter ego called Goggins, and like in his business is his brand is based off of Goggins, because Goggins mode was literally going to the pits of hell and and enjoying it and and being comfortable in that position, you know, whether that's physically, mentally, or a combination of. Um, another one is, uh, you know, this is more of a business, but, uh, your next five moves by Patrick bet David, uh, he's somebody value attainment is his podcast, uh, or media company now it's grown dramatically, but, um, this really gives you a good outline of like mastering the art and the strategy of business and really playing chess of your next five moves. Most good good or great just they right, already, they already know, know where they're right. going you know what i mean and most business uh, entrepreneurs and, and just people in life in general who are trying to become successful and make a difference in this world uh they know that but um you know face to face so i was at recently i was at a conference um i was down in florida i had some business but there was a conference i haven't been to one of these type of conferences in many many years it's just not something that i 
really felt the need to attend. Um, but Bridger Pennington uh, put on a, 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 an event that I wanted to go because it kind of went down with one of our business. It was a investment fund networking event, but, um, and the event was, they did a hell of a job. It was top, top notch, the production to the networking, everything in between was really good. But there was a speaker there was really what closed the deal for me to go outside of me being there for business anyway, wanting to attend to maybe network because I hadn't been to one of these conferences in a number of years. But Ed Milet is, um, pretty popular online and, uh, he, he, uh, he's a big, uh, life. Uh, I don't. I don't like using the term life coach, but I mean he's a he's a uh, motivational speaker, public speaker, one of the best around. And uh, but his story, outside of all of his other, like he he does teachings of philosophy and believing in yourself and whatnot. But his life story and the way he tells it is so powerful; it will bring you to tears if you see him. Uh, yeah. and, and because he came from uh, his family situation, whereas he was a son of an alcoholic who had recovering alcoholic malt many many over and over and over and over and then finally you know and this is where he wrote uh, i believe one of his books is called this um but it was like one more day because after the umpteenth time he asked his father well is this like how long how much longer how long is this going to stay that you said this you know 14 other times you were going to be sober right. he goes i can't tell you that son but just one more day and where the story goes not to kind of spoil it but um his dad, I don't know if it was after this or he had like relapsed one more time, but he had been, or he was still trying to recover. Or it was when they were going to finally all leave him. He was going to lose his family. The, the mom, you know, Ed's mom and the wife and the kids were all going to go. Well, he had been at a bar, his father, Ed Milet's father. And this is what got him to finally be sober as a man who went into the bar, who relapsed, who had been sober, but had that urge after I don't know how long, started drinking again sat next to him, his dad was going to commit suicide, and because that man relapsed that day, ended up talking his dad out of committing suicide. Oh, wow. And then his dad ended up down the road helping a bunch, I mean, he had a whole laundry list, and then it's also put him on a path. But uh, what an inspirational speaker. What? And I ended up getting on the elevator as I was leaving after him, and I'm looking to get on the elevator, and here he comes. He had a flight, and it was like, wow, this is great timing. Um, so I got to have a couple of private moments with him as well with his, you know, the security was with him and whatnot. But he, uh, that was somebody that if you ever get a chance to, to see Ed Milet is somebody that just yeah. speaks power, man. And he, he shows up on my TikTok feed yeah, every now and like then. Accountability like yeah. is a big thing. And he's, so, I got a lot of energy and he's getting some negative negativity about being, you got to grind every single day. And people are like, man, you know, I want to grind every day. There's some people, he's for some people and not for others, but I mean, I like his mentality. He's yeah. tough. He's been through a lot. Um, and but, that's the, that kind of energy. I get it. It's not right. for it's, <laughs> it's not, not for, for everybody. everybody right? And there's a lot of people that are like that. But I mean, um, I mean, those are just a handful that that really stand out uh, when it comes to like inspirational. Um, Inky Johnson is one who's completely on the outside of what I've talking. He was a. If, do you know the story of Inky Johnson? No. So he's a uh, University of Tennessee cornerback. Um, he's a motivational speaker now. This story is just completely out of this world. Um, Goes into a senior year around 2006, I believe. Uh, his second game against Air Force. They had won their first game. They were highly rated, I believe, that year. But he's already going into a senior year. Uh, I believe it was, or no, it might have been his junior year, and he was going to skip a year or whatever. Whatever it was, it was his last year. He wasn't playing football anymore because he knew he was going to be a first-round uh, draft pick. 
um, you're going to be first round pick. And this guy came from, I mean, he came from the bottom, you know, of the bottom where he tells the story, his family just, they, they were very poor. They didn't have much. Um, but he worked his tail off to get to that point. He was so determined. So in one instant, it got taken away from him as he wide receiver made a catch on the sideline. He had a collision. He went to hit him, knock him, knock the receiver, knock the ball, hit him so hard that it, um, ended up, uh, he wasn't paralyzed, but he, they had, uh, um, there was an artery that ex- from the hit that like burst and he ended up losing um, all feeling in his whole left side. They had a reroute. He had internal bleeding, almost died. Well, he has kind of like a, an arm that's unable to be used and it's very sensitive and whatnot. They wanted to kind of believe they were going to, you know, remove the arm and whatnot, but he wanted it to stay because they said, uh, and they told him, Inky, you're never going to be able to use this arm again. And he goes, actually, this arm I'm going to use every day to inspire others. So he really took at it as, you know, his dreams were were completely vanished from from a hit, but um, in an unfortunate incident, but he used that. And now I would say he's probably one of the most inspirational speakers out there. I mean, he's faith, uh, the, the divine of what brought him here. And he tells a pretty good story. He's another one. And if you get a chance or our listeners don't know who Inky Johnson is, he's a must-see. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Another book, Napoleon Hill, I did read that book, and I love that book. It changed my mind about a lot of things. He has another book that came out. Uh, it didn't come out until after his wife died. Yeah. Because his wife didn't want him to release it. And then his wife kind of sat on it after he died. And then when his wife died, his daughter had the opportunity to release, I think, 2011. I think it was called Negotiating with the Devil. Yeah. Have you read that? I, I haven't read it, oh, but I'm familiar gosh, with the man. book and the, you know, the, the <laughs> I, overview. I, I got the audio book. And what's cool about the audio book is, is that the guy that narrates it changes his voice into a devil voice. And it really brings that story to life. I mean, you just get enthralled in that and what that really means to negotiate with the devil and where his brain was at that point. You know, like, it's basically just giving into like you're on this path to fixing things like you want to you, you quit smoking you stop smoking but you just want one and that's like the first thing it takes you right down the wrong path you're negotiating with the devil kind of thing and it talks about all these scenarios about where the devil is and everything and it it's just it's scary it's eye-opening it's revealing and i think it it can change your mind about how you see things how you see politics how you see a lot of things but i think his his wife said this is crazy, <laughs> you know, because it sounds like he was losing his mind. But I think he was, it was almost to the point where he was, his brain was just so full of information, he couldn't process all of that. There were too many sides to every argument. And to, and to open your mind to every side of every argument can just drive you crazy. Uh, but that book, that was awesome. Napoleon Hill was a, a thought leader by, by a long shot. And uh, one of the best books I've ever yeah, read. Yeah, he's amazing, amazing. And so there's just a handful. And then we'll do some more spotlights on yeah. on books and whatnot. i got plenty more to, to, yeah. to share. But those are two that uh, stood out to me. And one, you know, recent individual I saw in, in, in person, Ed Milet, that was just blow, blow, you, blow you away with his story and his, his inspiration. Yeah. Good one. Thank you. Yep. Thank you.